As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on The Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I am Jared Weiss. He's Anthony Slater. Andrew Select on the boards at his in-laws. It's loud there. That's why we got him on mute. But Anthony Slater is quiet where he is in the Bay. I'm in the Bay as well. Got a beautiful view here up on the 36th floor, and I may never leave, but we're going to have to leave at some point because Game 5 is in San Francisco on my birthday on Monday that we head back for a Game 6 in Boston after that, and then who knows after that. So let's see what is going to happen over the next couple games. Anthony Slater, Steph Curry is going to happen. We know that. And it, well, just is he having his best finals ever so far? Yes, number one. Number two, happy birthday. Did not know that on Monday. Three, I Thank hope you. you're enjoying the San Francisco fog rolling in, you know, up there on the 30th floor. It's actually gorgeous. It's amazing. Yes, for sure. Especially when you're not outside in it. You can just look at it. <laughs> uh, and, and, but it was fun. Steph, it was funny how my beautiful view just like disappeared out of nowhere all of a sudden when I got yes. in last night. Yeah, that's San Francisco. Um, yeah, this is Steph Curry's first San Francisco finals. Um, this is you know, statistically, I'd say his best. He's just really hot from three, which, you know, at various times of the season, he wasn't necessarily hot from three. He's just in one of his streaks, um, which is coming at a very good time for the Warriors at necessary time. Um, also, you know, in his past finals, you know, we're talking about the Cleveland ones, uh, you know, two of them. Durant was just like awesome in that matchup. Cleveland, Ty Lue loved to like blitz Steph, double Steph. And that led to KD just having just monster series when they need him. Um, the Toronto series, Steph was productive. He had a 47 point game, but that's when Nick Nurse deployed the box in one. That's when I think like this latest surge of like very Steph Curry focused defensive strategies really kind of took shape. You know, that was almost the birthplace of, hey, KD's leaving because KD was gone in that finals. Clay Thompson's hurt. Let's just throw everything at Steph. And that's really been the last few seasons. I think he's solved those defenses somewhat over the last few seasons. He's just seen so many of them with all the different intention and strategies that he's just gotten better against them, smarter against them. And then also he's better built, stronger, especially if you go back to the pre-Durant finals, you know, to, uh, the Cleveland Cavs and the Tyloo, they love to just beat him up, you know, like, you know, check him when he comes through the lane, do all that. 
go look at those highlights. He's much skinnier. He's just a bigger, more well-conditioned athlete now. And I think this deep in the season against a physical team like Boston, that added strength, added conditioning matters. And you're seeing it. I mean, he, once again, just like when Jason Kidd said in the West Finals, he's the best conditioned athlete in the league. He just looks like the guy who can, you know, has the best endurance on the floor at all times. It's funny because uh, Marcus Smart's a defender who usually beats the crap out of everybody. And I haven't really noticed that happening in the series at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, Steph's getting beat up, obviously. I mean, he even had the foot thing, you know, late in game three, obviously. But he's just more than ever. I think Steve Kerr had a good quote early in the series. He said he's to the point that he can run 50 screen and rolls a game and, you know, defend 50 screen and rolls a game. And like, you know, who else in the league can just, because he does get picked on at times, especially, you know, Jason Kidd really did it relentlessly in the last series, but it's just, even if you do kind of beat him up, I just feel like he's, he's just a boxer who has been through it and, and has trained his body 365 days a year to take this type of beating. He's got a chin on him. That's for sure. Um, And, so, okay, well, the one thing the Celtics haven't done much is blitz. And I know people constantly talk about, like, why don't you blitz? Why are you in drop? And I, let's get into what that really means, because the Celtics are in a lot of the time a deep drop. And why don't you, I guess, first ex- help us understand what what is the reason that they do that? It's obviously not that they think, like, they have to stop Steph Curry from driving past everybody. So wh- why are they doing that? You're talking about the, why do other teams do the blitz? Yeah, or, yeah, why do other teams do the blitz and the why are the Celtics deciding to drop? Mo, I mean, first of all, he, you, you have to meet him further out than anybody ever um, is like, I guess, the main reason you, you want to at least be high on, on the screen. But teams like, you know, Nick Nurse back in the day, Jason Kidd did it, uh, you know, at times in the West Finals is you just he is by far the most dangerous weapon on the floor. You don't trust or respect the other offensive weapons as much and you just want the ball out of his hands you just want you prefer at times four on three with a scrambling defender trying to get back in the play than you prefer Steph Curry you know playing against just traditional coverage because Steph Curry if you allow him to pull up all game that's a much more you know the belief would be that's a more efficient offensive approach than at this point Draymond Green going downhill especially with the funk Draymond Green is in offensively yeah, they don't want to get him started, and that's why they generally sit. So I guess my qualm with the Celtics is there are times when you're in a deep drop just because you're like Curry is so insanely high up that if you if you come up too far and then he rejects the screen or he snakes back, then you're completely out of the play. So that's why they want to sit a little bit. But I think there's also just a lot of times where because Golden State, like they mix up their screen levels from like 25 feet out the three point line to like 30 feet to like 40 feet. It's so it's so different every single time that I think that these offenders, they see the three point line is kind of like their starting point. Like and they kind of use that as their mark. And then the screen is even higher than they expected. And they're just already too deep. And I don't necessarily think it's like I guess it's like maybe they should be reading the screen a little bit more instead of relying on the three-point line. And I think Horford is good at that. Rob Williams is just not there yet. You know, he still needs a few more years of basketball IQ development to get there. But that's why I feel like, you know, Horford, I think, has done a really good job with it. There's been a few lapses. There's a few times where I've written about this where he's backpedaling instead of like shot, like side shuffling. And he's cleaned that up a few times. But then it kind of goes back and forth because it's always hard to read. Like, do I want to force Curry out to the side where then he could just sneak back the other way and blow by me, um, you know, and things like that. So 
like the, the reason why the drop coverage off, often looks wrong is because Steph Curry's like the best player in the in the league. Most the, right now he certainly is. And um and like he just you're just constantly scared of him. And it's constantly messing with you. And you just see that at times. And I feel like that's why the Celtics haven't blitzed, is just because they would just rather deal with this like one thing that even though it's impossible to solve, it's like at least it's like one thing and they can keep working on it rather than those blitzes where there's just so much more room for creativity for the rest of the team to move the ball in different directions. You also, and you would know better than me, like the Celtics didn't blitz much during the regular season or at all, right? Or like at all. No. Yeah. So that's the other challenge. And it's again, it's why Houston used to like when when Houston knew they were going to face the Durant Warriors, Mike D'Antoni that season said switch all season long because the, he wanted his defense to be as switch ready for the West Finals because they knew who they had to go through to, to play the West. So even if it wasn't a matchup you wanted to switch, it was like practice switching. Just be a switch team because you know the team you're going to have to beat it. it you know we're going to want to play switch against where you know I it's probably is unwise for Boston to go bl- super blitz heavy because you don't want to be trying something new against a team that has seen the blitz a ton you know like it suddenly you're like trying to blitz and suddenly you know you you might not know all like you know the backside switching and rotations that you need whereas the Warriors and that's the other thing about this offensive machine they have they've seen it all they've practiced against it all they know all their triggers you know if it is a blitz we're doing this Uh, if it is a drop coverage we're doing this so if I'm Boston where where I'm with you is like do what you're best at like hope that your defensive machine that you have practiced is better than theirs and it still might be I mean obviously the way how hot he is from three is probably making it harder to just stay in this type of coverage but if this is what you're best at try to win the title doing it probably yeah because i I think the main reasons why they don't blitz also is just that they don't want to wear their own guys out like ime's ime's always taken the rope-a-dope approach where udoka wants to stay in more simple i shouldn't say simple but like less sprint heavy defensive schemes so that his team maintains stamina late in games and their their path of success in these playoffs has been that they just they're not burned out by the end of the game and their depth holds up by the end of the game while the other team starts to kind of falter and their stars start to lose a little bit of that steam in the early fourth quarter and that's when they can make their push and it just it, it we like we've only had one crunch time so far and obviously it worked really well in the earlier wins but we finally had one full crunch time and we just saw that Steph is impervious to anything really like there's no variable that's going to really throw him off his game like he's he came through it was incredible in game 4 at the end so it does make you wonder at this point like we saw Ime tighten the rotation as the series went you know went on and it looks like Kerr's kind of doing that too uh, you know, we know that that's always going to happen. And then we also just know that usually defensive coverages are going to get more aggressive as the series goes on. So maybe game five is when we see that switch. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the tightening rotations and that's interesting. It may be getting to another topic for us, but you know, Steph has been, Steph is more free on the floor when in this series, when Draymond Green's not on it, you know, especially, you know, it's why they made the starting lineup change because Draymond and Looney can, can crunch up the offensive side of the floor it's by far their best defensive lineup but uh they went with Otto Porter ahead of Looney because they want to separate Looney and Draymond and then late as everybody knows Looney was playing better and Steve Kerfer really the first time ever went away from Draymond Green in a big fourth quarter um eventually went back to him got back to him but that is becoming an interesting kind of rotational pivot point for for Kurt with the fact that like Looney's been better in this series he seems to be a better 
person within this matchup. Um, and there are times where they'll have them on the floor together, but I think, you know, you might see Draymond Green's minutes unless he figures something out on the offensive end tick down a little bit because that's for a, for a Curry offensive environment, sometimes better to, to not have him out there. Yeah. So the, the you're right. Cause the big thing is that when, Green is on the floor. He doesn't really do the. They don't put him in the dunker spot often, which I feel like is one place they could put him. They they don't have him doing a ton of the screening and pick and roll. A lot of the time, he's out on the elbows of the corners, and the Celtics do not guard him out there. And it's it, it's what's really interesting is a lot of the time when a guy gets the ball out on those spaces, usually you at least kind of like stunt at him a little bit just to kind of make him start thinking. And make him think, like, do I have to take that shot? Because you're almost hoping he'll take that shot and bail out the possession for you. The Celtics aren't even doing that. They just, like, look at him, and then they just sink back, and they start looking elsewhere. They, they don't even have eyes on him, and he's holding the ball. And so Kerr's recognized that. And I think what's nice is that Kerr brought him in for the offense-defense switches late in the game, and that worked so well because when he was out there on defense late in the game, he was getting some stops. Like He was really crucial at the end. He got a few... He, like There was that one possession where he took away Marcus Smart threes twice in one possession. Like That was phenomenal. Um, and then they're able to get him off, and then the Warriors have that speed and spreading that they need on offense to give Steph the room that he needs to hit shots. So like maybe Kerr will just call timeout over and over and over again and, fa- and intentionally foul over and over again to just... Offense, defense, switch Draymond throughout the game. But if you can't do that, then obviously it is it is a serious issue. But I guess the main answer is just play Kevon Looney and Andrew Wiggins as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, and they they have somewhat of a, of a hope that Draymond kind of got his mojo back a little bit in the fourth. I mean, you mentioned some of the defensive stops, which generally just kind of invigorate him all over the floor. Uh, he had that strip of Tatum. Um, I think he had you know, nine rebounds, four steals in the game. And I mean, at the end of the day, like he, he's still one of their most important players. He, he, you don't want him completely neutralized in a series. So, you know, maybe he hits a floater or two that'll get him going in Chase Center. He's generally better at home. His one good game in the series game two was at home. So, uh, but you know, we'll see in the fourth. I mean, at, the one thing Steve Kerr has at least shown now is he's willing to do it. He's willing to make a tough decision that in the moment of the fourth quarter, I was doubting that he could do just because of you know institutional um you know chemistry and and just like you know the the moment for this core i just didn't know if he would put Draymond green on the bench and he has shown that he's willing to do it now so that would mean he would be willing to do it again if it makes sense okay so i guess last thing we got to hit on here would be the celtics offense we haven't really talked about that yet uh besides Draymond shutting down marcus smart there uh so we really we got a chance to see the celtics offense in crunch time and we got a chance to see them stagnate as they have many times throughout this playoffs, many times throughout the season. It was something that they cleaned up late in the regular season when they went on that crazy run. And it's not a surprise that it's going to come back in the playoffs where it's the playoffs. And the the main reasons I feel like, and I wrote about this stylistic difference in my piece after the game was gold, like golden state, even in crunch time, Steph is coming down looking to take quick shots, l- looking to hit that transition defense. Does doesn't matter how late into the game it is, he's always looking to do that because he knows when he has a shot, it's a shot. Boston, when they get to crunch time, they have a really bad habit of slowing things down. And I don't really think it's even necessarily fatigue. I think it's that they feel like they gotta wind down the clock. They feel like they gotta get like just the right shot. And obviously, when you do that, you don't get the right shot most of the time. It's usually gonna be is Tatum gonna be able to find a matchup he can exploit. 
And he went for Bealisa, and that doesn't work because he's not taking Bealisa deep out into space where he can get ahead of steam and get by him. He's trying to get through him, and Bealisa's too big for that. So that didn't work. Then Draymond comes back in, and Draymond stuffed out so much stuff. So when you, from what you've seen in the past, what crunch time offensive approach has worked against the Warriors? You know, I would say typically a star making plays. John Morant has roasted them a few key times in crunch time, including game two in Memphis, which was the, you know, felt like a big game at the time. Obviously, John Morant ends up going out for that series, but he they could not stop John Morant getting to the rim. Uh, and, you know, he it was pick your matchup, you know, just kill the guy at the point of attack creative finishes at the rim it was just a star being a star um you know lebron in the past really typically like you know against the warriors defense in crunch time and this is typical of all of nba crunch time like stars need to be stars and beat guys and make shots and it sounds simple but i like jason tatum just gotta make shots right i mean he's what is he shooting 34 percent. like just beat your guy make a shot win a title like that's probably like the simplest way to put it for tatum right at this point I, I'll be sure to put that on the whiteboard in the locker room before the game. So it's yeah. this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's funny because, like, yeah, Tatum, Tatum has the skill set to do it. Jalen does too. I mean, Jalen, they, I think the big thing with Jalen is they generally don't want him creating, uh, in a clear out by himself. Usually they want to curl him up from the corner off a screen and pitch it to him, and then he can make those reads from there. And that's where he's really at his best. Um, and they're not getting, they weren't getting a lot of stops because, you know, Steph kept hitting shots. So they're not, and also they, they lose that thread of they were like, Boston was really good when it was running off of makes early in the series like they, they were flying taking the ball out of the basket and they were getting a lot of surprise transition points out of that they can do that in crunch time like that's what's really going to get it done for them and a lot of the time when they win in crunch time it's Jalen Brown pushing in transition and squeezing out extra possessions for them and scoring on those or getting fouls on those well that's exactly what Steph was doing at the end of game four when Jalen pressed him full court like in the last minute or so of the game and then fell over and he just kind of blew him away and got that foul on, you know, that was a really tricky verticality call on Al Horford that got challenged. Um, you know, like that's, that's what, that's what Golden State's doing. I think that's the big thing that Boston needs to do. Um, and then Boston also just needs to, I think, I think they just want to get Tatum the ball in space more so that they can force a double. Cause that's the big thing is like, they really want to draw a double so that they can move it. Um, and and also just if they're gonna find the mismatch they want, like Tatum, they gotta clear, they gotta re-clear out for Tatum, 
give Tatum, you know, have him back up, get some downhill space or force the defense to come out and meet him out there. And then he can move the ball. Like that's the way that they're going to get it done in crunch time. The, this whole thing of like trying to find him a a mismatch and having him basically like post up from the free throw line. There's just, there's like golden state is, is too quick to really allow him to have a ton of space. And the only time that really worked was he was in like the corner and then cut across to the middle and got the ball like right near the free throw line and then just went straight through Andrew Wiggins and was able to draw two and kick it to Horford in the corner for three. Like at least they were playing with some pace and motion, even if it was one of those like mismatch target or I guess like ISO target plays for Tatum. Like that's the kind of stuff they need to do more of. And Boston just has never been great at consistently doing that. They'll have nights where they do it, and then they have nights where they don't do it. And, you know, Golden State, I think, is a lot more consistent with it. And that's why Golden State is a dynasty, and that's why they just tied up the finals. So be sure to follow all of our coverage at The Athletic. Uh, There's a lot of it. Slater, uh, just tell us more about what you've been writing about, what you're looking more into as the series goes on. Well, you know, at post game three, um, you know, the main story obviously was Steph Curry, but you know, I also wrote about some of the help he got. You know, Andrew Wiggins sixteen rebounds in that game, played forty four minutes. He's just become like so essential. They can't even take him off the floor basically in this series, considering just the athleticism Boston has. Jordan Poole showed up finally for them in game four. Uh that was an underrated key because they've been getting you know destroyed when Steph's been off the floor and generally they just need an extra score Jordan Poole at least seemed to solve some things he was more patient he took jumpers wrote about that a little bit uh and then I also wrote about Looney uh who has uh, allowed them to go away from Draymond Green at a point where he's struggling where in their past you could never say that because they didn't have an option like that um so just some of the supporting role players within this you know Warriors run that is becoming very Steph Curry focused for for understandable reasons it's it really is beautiful to see that Kavon Looney has been so good that he's made Draymond Green dispensable a little bit here. Like he's he's playing Draymond off the floor. And that's yeah, because I remember when Kavon like got his deal, everyone was like, Kavon Looney is really getting kept around by the Warriors, but he kind of like it feels like he's barely been there the last couple of years. And to see the season he's having and the finals he's having has been amazing. Uh, and he is up for another contract this summer, so pretty good timing from for him, Kavon Looney. All right. I guess we know who the new Max is going to at Golden State. It, well, it should be going to Slater because he is the real superstar there. So that'll do it for us. For Andrew Schlecht and Anthony Slater, I am Jared Weiss. Go to The Athletic. We have, I think we had 10 reporters at the game the other night. Uh, we, we got a lot of reporters there. We got a lot of coverage going. We got a lot of pods going. So make sure you're following The Athletic NBA show if you're not already. We will see you after Game 5.